0: Great to see all of you, it feels like a long time, but uh, I think it's only been a week, but I'm so glad you're here. Hey, go ahead and welcome all those who are watching online right now. Hi there, Happy New Year to you. If you're on a treadmill or you're watching a coffee shop, just go out and say Happy New Year out loud right now. We're glad that you're watching, thanks for being here with us. And I'm so glad that you're here too for the start of a brand new series called First, Priority Determines Capacity. It's a whole series about getting our lives in order, and I think it's just gonna be really helpful. I think we're gonna be encouraged as we get our lives, uh, you know, not just figure out what to do, because we've all made resolutions, right? Have you made some? I've made a few, I know you have. You've made some goals and some plans. You know, last year I had the resolution of losing 20 pounds, and I'm glad to report I only have 30 pounds on the list now, so uh, I'm making progress, so pray for me. We've all got lists, we've got things that we have intended to do for a long time, maybe this is the year we're gonna get them done. But here's the big idea of our series. What comes first, what comes second, what comes third is going to matter. I mean, the priority of what we get done first is gonna affect everything else that we do this year. So we're gonna go on this little journey together um, and I think it's gonna help us accomplish a lot. I I think you're gonna enjoy it. And I think it's gonna give focus and energy to the things that you wanna get done in this coming year. Now, here's what I know. Uh, We are very time-conscious people. We're very much aware if somebody is in front of us driving very slow. I mean, don't you just hate that? I spent a week in Southwest Florida uh, this week in between, and they're some of the slowest drivers. If you're watching from there, I'm sorry, but you guys drive really slow in Southwest Florida. I'm feeling my life. Have you ever done that? You're, you're behind in traffic and you're going, come on. Well, what is that? Well, it's because we hate our time being wasted. And we don't like uh, waiting in line. You know, we're looking at our watch or we're pulling up the phone, what time is it? You might even be sitting there today, like how long's he gonna go? When's he gonna get done, you know? <laughs> Hurry it up. I mean, because we, we we're anxious about time. And some of you may be feeling that, um, you know, every single day and at the start of the year, you're like, come on, let's go, but I'm wondering, are you as conscious about how much time you have left? I mean, we're we're very conscious about the now, but are you conscious of how much time do you have left? I think that's really what's been getting to me in the last year. I mean, it's 2015, everybody. Doesn't that feel like a sci-fi year, right? I mean, doesn't that feel like, wasn't that in Back to the Future, 2015? Well, we're here now, and 2014's gone. I mean, we can't get it back. It's, it's behind us, time's cruising by, the clock is ticking. I'm gonna be 45 years old this year in 2015. Oh my goodness, that sounds so old, right? <laughs> did I just encourage some of you? I hope I did, that's why you came today. But don't you feel like time is ticking? Um, my wife and I are gonna be married for 25 years in 2015. That's incredible, <laughs> 25 years. I have a son that's gonna graduate college. That's incredible in 2015. I feel gray hair coming out of my head in 2015. I mean, I just have this sense of urgency about time. I don't know if you do too, maybe yours is for different reasons. I mean, all of us are affected by this. Some of you are saying, well, you know what? I got got a few more months and high school is over. I gotta have my whole life figured out. You feel that pressure. Some of you are saying, the clock is ticking, I better get married soon, you know. Some of you are saying, I've got a few more months to retirement, I hope I have it in order. We should be concerned about how much time we have left. In fact, that's a very biblical thought. In fact, as we start 2015, I want us to begin with this idea of thinking about the time we have left, And you know, the first scripture I wanna show you this morning, if you'll pull out your outline and follow along and write this down, the first one comes from the book of James, which was written by Jesus' brother, He didn't know he had brothers and sisters, but he did. In fact, they didn't believe that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah. I mean, what would it take for you to believe that your brother was the Son of God, right? So they didn't believe, they were skeptics, but then they encountered the resurrected Jesus and it changed their whole life and James becomes the leader of the church in Jerusalem and he writes this book to encourage Christians and he talks about helping us understand how much time we have left. Look what he says. He says, look here, you who say, well, today or tomorrow, we're going to do this. Maybe we'll go to this town. Maybe we'll stay there for a year. Maybe not. We'll do business. You know, we'll make some money. He, he's talking about a person that's just going through life in a very, as it happens, kind of a way. Life is just sort of happening. I may make a plan about tomorrow. You know, maybe he is making some plans. But what, what James is really identifying for us is a person here who is is setting goals without any thought of God. A person who is planning or making some priorities for their life without even considering prayer. Look what he says. I mean, how can you make plans really for your life? You don't even know how much time that you have. And you see, when it comes to making priorities, understanding how much time you have is critical because it changes the priorities. Look what he says. You don't understand how much time you have. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your, your life's like a morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And what he's saying is, if you knew you had just a short window of time to live, it would change your priorities. Like if you knew that you don't have the whole year, if you knew you had January 2015, that's, you had 30 days to live, wouldn't that change? I mean, there'd be some things you would stop doing right now. You'd quit your job. There might be some thi- I'm not doing that. One more day. And then there's a bunch of things you would start doing because you would recognize the time is short. And this idea is all the way through the Bible. In fact, uh, David, who wrote most of the Psalms, he writes about this in Psalm 39. Look what he says. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. That's a good thing to remember the brevity of life. That's my job today is to help you focus on that because time's flying and what are we going to do about it? Teach me about, uh, remind me about how brief my time on earth will be, and remind me that my days are numbered. If you want, if you're writing down, circle that. We're going to come to that word numbered again and again. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is, because you've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. I mean, at at best, it's just a breath, like, and, and our life will be gone Again. If you knew you just had a a limited amount of time, wouldn't you prioritize differently? I have an app on my phone, it's called the Legacy app, and it actually counts down, like my daughter's date of her graduation is in there. And it tells me that I have 126 weeks left with my daughter, my youngest daughter, until she's gone from the house. And that reminds me to stay very, very focused on the things that really matter, because before, I even blink 126 weeks are going to be gone. That's what I have left. See, see we tend to squander things that we think we have a lot of, but when we, when we see that something is limited, it becomes very precious to us. So it's going to affect our priorities. So the point is, um, what are we going to do in light of the fact that we're here at the beginning of a brand new year and time is clicking by. All right. Here's the theme verse for our series, and here's what we're gonna get into. I'm giving you a vision for the next four weeks as we go through January. And this verse, I want you to try and memorize it. It's one verse. Let's read this together, Psalm 90 verse 12. It says this, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Can we read that again together? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number. Teach us to prioritize, like one, two, Three, four, teach us to to get our lives in order. Why? So that we can gain a heart of wisdom. See, wisdom is not just more information or knowledge, right? I mean, I haven't told you anything new. In fact, everything I've said up until this point, you already knew. You didn't need me to tell you that. You know time's clicking by. You know about priorities and all that. So it's not that we don't know what to do. See, wisdom is the application of knowledge. Like, how will I do this? And so the big idea of this series is that, God, you're gonna have to give me a heart of wisdom. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, God, I, I respect that you know how many days I have on this earth. See, you don't know. You don't know if you have today, one month, or 10 years, or how many long. So God, since you're in charge, really, of my life, teach me how to prioritize my days and give me a heart of wisdom. That's, that is the respect. That's, that's, that's honoring God and putting him first, and that's what we're gonna talk about over the next few weeks, that God would give us wisdom. That's our big problem. Not that we don't know what to do. It's, it's, it's how do we do it, right? This is why we are making these resolutions, by the way, because we have values and we have priorities. I mean, they've probably been the same ones for many years. Like, I need to lose some pounds and, you know, here's one I, I made this year because I made a resolution, and I don't know why I never saw it before. I made a resolution this year. I'm not going to complain about the weather anymore. you know why? I've been living here for 14 years. It's cold every winter. <laughs> and if I go for another 10 years, it's going to be cold for another 10 years, and complaining is not going to change it. So I'm just going to learn how to love it. That's what I'm going to do this year. I'm going to learn to love winter. I hope you all join me, and uh, we become good Hoosiers, and we learn how to enjoy the winter, and we don't even complain. And you can complain if you want, but it's not going to change the weather. You're just wasting your time. So, that's my resolution for this year. But we've all got these resolutions, and you know we know what to do, but but how do we do that? You know, because we we've made we we look at our. We have these values, we say this is really important, we have these intentions, but then we look at our calendar and we look at our bank statement and they're not reflected there. So we have the intention, we have the the idea, but we don't know how to do it. That's why we're going to need wisdom to do it. So we're gonna focus on three things over the next three weeks, hopefully, that will help us. And let me just give you a vision for where we're going. The first thing we're gonna learn is we're gonna learn how to prioritize first things first. And again, that's not new information, but we're going to learn, God, how do I get your wisdom on my priorities, okay? We're gonna learn about God's wisdom on priorities, so we're gonna do that. Then the second thing is, we're gonna focus on the things that really matter. Because how many of you know there is a million things vying for your attention, and there's a lot to do, and we are all very, very busy people. And we talked about this in the Out of the Box series last month, which is, what are you really focusing on? What's going to be here after you're gone? Like, what's, what are you building into your children that's going to outlive you? I mean, come on, let's, let's talk about the priorities that at the end of the life, not just the urgent things now, but what is really important. We're going to talk about God's wisdom on that. And um, then we're going to talk about this last thing, and we're going to talk about this one a lot, which is how to turn one day into today. Because isn't that the issue? Because, you know, one day, you know, never comes. It's always one day. Like, one day when, then I'll do this. How many of you have done the one day when, then? We kind of look for perfect scenarios. We want everything to line up. One day, you know, when I get out of debt, you know, then I'll do this. One day, you know, when... um, I, I make more money, then I'll start to tithe. One day, you know, when uh, that person treats me right, then I'll forgive and let them go. Uh, one day, you know, as soon as my house gets remodeled, well, then I'll, I'll have the small group in my house. I mean, one day when I get the promotion, then I'll be free to do what God wants. I mean, come on, we have had this idea that if one day when it just gets to this date, then I'll start the diet. I mean, we, we, we do this all the time and one day never comes in fact the scripture says if you wait for perfect conditions you will never get anything done you'll just keep resolving so so one day is never going to happen unless you make it today and do you know that there is a special window of empowerment that god gives you when he asks you to do something you know that if God gives you the ability or gives you an inclination, like this is something you need to do, God always gives you the power to do it. He'll give you a special grace if he nudges you and says this is what I want you to do, he'll help you to do that. But it's a window of opportunity because that, that special impartation of his grace lasts only for so long to get that done, that, that emotion, that decision will fade. So there's something about the favor of God that comes with immediate obedience. When I say, God, by faith, you told me to do something. I'm just going to do it. We've got to learn how to turn one day, you know, into today. So that's where we're going to go for the next four weeks. I think it's going to be really helpful, but here's what we need to decide today. I want to give you two things, two decisions that, that you and I need to make if any of this is going to work. And then, uh, then we'll land it in, a, in, I think, a very encouraging way. So starting now, okay, here's the decision. You gotta decide. Starting now, I am turning my intentions into actions. It's not enough just to have good intentions. It's gotta become an action. So I've made a resolution. You've made resolutions. We have you know, visions that we have for ourselves, for our marriages. You know, I have a goals for my children this year. I've got goals for our church that I dream about. I've got all of these things, and you do too. How are they going to get done? Okay, so here is the groundbreaking thought. Like, you are not a human being coming here for a one-hour spiritual experience every week, every other week. If you think that, you're dead in the water already. Do you remember from the out of the box series that the big idea was you're really a spiritual being that this life is just a little bit, this human life is very temporary, and you're gonna live forever, that God has way more of life on the other side than right now, so you actually are a spiritual being. You're having this little temporary human experience, okay? So what that means is, at some point, if you're going to be successful, you've got to deal with the spiritual development of your life. If you deal with the spiritual part of life, it's gonna pull every other priority and everything else is gonna fall into line because ultimately you are actually a spiritual person. And so you want to develop that if you're going to be successful. In 2013, I hope is a year where you say the development of my spiritual life, the time is now. I am moving from just intentions, because I know you have them. I mean, that's why you came today. You could have been anywhere but you decided to come to church because I have the intention to grow. So I want to help you to do that. I, I love you. I care about you You say, well, you don't even know me. Well, God gave me a heart to serve him like this. I do love you. I care. We, we are, we, we say we love people. Well, It starts in my heart and it flows down to every person who serves here because we're here to love people well, but it's for a purpose. It's to earn the right to be able to lead you into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And that's what I want for you so much. I want you to really change. I want you to have that life-changing, transformative experience with Jesus. And that's what God has put me on this earth for. And he's called me to inspire you to do that. Because I know you wanna grow, but, but he's, he's, he's given me the role to lead you spiritually which I know I really can't do. I mean, I have no power over anybody. I'm only a pastor in your life for as long as you allow me to do that. So we're only in this relationship for really a a period of time, I don't know how long. For whatever season God has our lives um, connected, even right now if it's even over a camera, It's a window of time. How can we make the most of that opportunity? And I know what my role is. My role is to spur you on and to inspire you to be the person God is calling you to be. And so I want to help you actually this. For the first 21 days of 2015, I want to inspire you and lead this church, all of us together, to turn our intentions into action. Now, the last quarter that we had as a church, let me tell you where we've been, we focused on the outside. We focused on generosity and loving people well in our community and giving and blessing people. I called you to get your eyes off yourself and on the person who's not here yet. And we focused a lot on that in the last quarter of the year, but we're at a different place now. And I think you're really going to like where we're going to go over the next 90 days. The whole next 90 days is gonna be about you growing spiritually. You're not gonna hear me bring up um, an initiative in the community or anything on the outside or go out and reach people. We're gonna talk about you growing spiritually in the next 90 days, and I wanna help you become a great spiritual, in fact, the whole next 90 days is gonna be simply this, putting God first in every area of your life. Come on, say it with me, put God first. Say it with me. Put God first, that's it, that's what we're gonna focus on, that God would be in first place in every part of our life because that priority is going to lead to everything else important in your life getting done. So right now, how can I turn my intentions into actions? I wanna lead us to a four week over this, this month of January to a season of spiritual renewal and spiritual awakening And you know what, how are we going to do that? It's going to take some work. You know, that same uh, brother of Jesus, James, look what he said. He says this, anyone who knows the right thing to do, you know, he got the intentions, but doesn't do it, sins, to which we would all say, well, I know that. I can't, I want to do, I hope I can do it, I want to do the right thing, but, you know, I'm not sure that I can actually do it. Well, Paul talked about that in Romans chapter 7. He said this. He said, I've discovered this very true principle of life that when I want to do the right thing, I inevitably end up doing what's wrong. So we're going to need some sort of power and a source of energy outside of ourselves to accomplish spiritual growth. Because you know what's true? There's a lot of resistance to growing spiritually. You can't just automatically grow. There's, you have an enemy that's resisting you, and you've got all kinds of other things going on in your life that is preventing this from happening but if we could remove some of the blockages get some things out of the way and we could just focus and give energy to the most important things in our life we really will grow spiritually so here is a theme verse for us okay God teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom and then here's the second theme verse for our series and we're gonna learn this one too how are we gonna get this all done? God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, like anxiety, worry, uh, intimidation. Do you feel stressed out? Do you feel like life is all overwhelming or there's too much? Do you feel pressure? God's not given you that, but what he has given you is power. He's given you love and he's giving you self-discipline. Now, some of you know this verse from a different translation of the Bible. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I chose the New Living Translation on purpose because it helps us understand what God wants to give you, okay? This is what's going to be great. He wants to give you power that you need, he wants to give you the love that you need, and he wants to give you self-discipline. So let's focus on the first one. Over the next 21 days, I want us to focus on power. I need power, you need power. I need spiritual power, and I probably am more desperate for that than I've ever been in my whole life because I know me. I've lived with me for almost 45 years. I know where my limitations are. I know what all my weaknesses are, and I know that I can't do what God is calling me to become personally, what he wants me to be as a father, as a husband, as a leader, the things that he's put in my heart for our church, I know I can't do them in my own strength. Long ago, I realized that the size and the complexity of, of, of even leading a church of this size was beyond my natural ability. So God, I'm more desperate now for your power and for your energy and your ability than I've ever been in my whole life. I, I need it, I require it. And you know what, you're gonna need it too because If you could do it yourself, you'd already have done it, but you're gonna need spiritual power in your life and God wants to give it to you. Now, how do you get that power? The power comes from prayer. And that's how we turn an intention into an action. In fact, if you look at what Jesus' practice was, I I learned this years ago, it's become the practice of my life and I wanna share it with you and invite you into my practice. Look what! Look exactly how Jesus got his power. Look at this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house. He went to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Now, if Jesus needed to pray and spend time with his heavenly father to get the power that he needed to do what God had called him to do, I recognize I'm going to need to do the very same thing. I got to turn my intention into action. I'm going to need to pray. So I want to call us in 2015 to start a season of prayer and fasting together, 21 days of prayer beginning next weekend on January 11th and 12th, we're going to begin this season, a 21-day period of prayer and fasting together. And that's exactly how this church got started um, 14 years ago. I came back from a vacation and I spent 21 days seeking God, praying, fasting. I'd sent these invitations out to the few people that I knew, which wasn't many. And on February the 4th, at the end of the 21 days, We had the little gathering in our home and 17 people showed up. That doesn't sound like a lot. It really was a very small beginning, but God was at work in the heart of those 17 people. And by um, Easter, just a month or two later, I got to baptize 12 of those 17 people. And then by uh, October, there was 150 people that gathered. We moved into this building and the rest is history. I'm telling you, friends, it is the power of God it was not in my human ability to do it. God is at work in the lives of people, and he just happened to place us in the path of people that he was already saving and he was at work, and we just, we joined God in his mission. I want you to know there, there is power that comes through prayer and through fasting. And so I'm calling for us to do that together, beginning next weekend. And every day, the church is gonna be open. I'm gonna be here from seven to eight every morning. And you don't need to come for the whole hour. I mean, if you'd even come for 15 minutes somewhere in that hour and just start your day off, let's start 2015 with a season of placing ourselves before God and saying, God, we need your wisdom. We need your direction. We need you to teach us how to prioritize our life. God, we surrender to you. We need to receive power from you. We need to do that and turn an intention into an action. And we need to fast too. And I'm not gonna talk about that much today because I'm going to explain that in, in a future message. I'm going to blog about it and put that on the website. But let me just tell you what fasting's about. about. Okay? Because it's not about um, you know, showing yourself to God like you're really holy, then he'll love you more. okay? It's not that. Fasting is about deliberately decluttering. Actually, every restoration project begins with stripping away the old. You can't just go paint over old paint. If you do that, it'll never stick. So have you ever considered why some of the, the goals and the resolutions, and the, the, the it, it doesn't stick because you can't just keep adding on to what's already there. If you really want transformation, there has to be a period of time where you say, God, strip away all of the old, declutter, detox. And what fasting is about is not about deprivation, it's about choosing to go without for a season of time without complaining, because it's deliberate, to hear God, to get clarity. And so that's why in this 21 days, it'll be really important if you want spiritual power, let God strip away some of the things you think that you need so much. You know, you don't have to fast all your food for 21 days, although some of you might do that, it's probably not gonna be me, but some of you might wanna do that, and that would be great. You know, Daniel, he fasted for 21 days and he just did a partial fast, we call it a Daniel fast. He just had water and vegetables. He gave up meat for 21 days. You might want to give up carbs. You might want to give up sugar or caffeine or something. But, I mean, you decide. I mean, some of you, it's not food at all. Some of you, it just needs to be Facebook. I mean, think about decluttering your life for 21 days. I mean, can you imagine how much better you could probably hear God without all of that noise for just for 21 days? I'm not asking for your whole year. But 21 days to start some keystone habits in your life. We know this now, this is not new information. You know and I know it takes 21 days to start a new habit. So let's give God the habit, let's have him start a habit of putting him first. And you know, we can do this. Um, And you know what, we have a week to prepare. That's why I said let's do 21 days starting next weekend. Make a plan, (laughs) decide this week, figure out what you're gonna say I'm gonna do without on purpose. I'm not gonna complain, but I'm going to Set myself apart as holy to God for this period of time. And you can do this. It's going to work. I'm telling you, I thought it all out. 21 days and then February 1st, Super Bowl, and we can have our party then. Okay, so <laughs> it's not going to get in the way. We can, we can party and, you know, on the 1st, but for 21 days, right? Detox this week. So your body won't scream at you, you know, when you start a week from now. Do some things to get yourself ready and let's do the 21 days of prayer and fast. Let's turn that intention of spiritual growth into action. I'll stick on this for one more thing. You're you're gonna read the Bible at some point in your life if you're a Christian. You can't call yourself a Christian and say, well, I'm never gonna read God's word. Or you can say, well, I intend to. Well, now's the time. So download that Bible app onto your phone, search for the one-year reading plan, and let's read the Bible. Join me together, we'll read the Bible this year. I do it every year and it's just a few minutes every day, but I can tell you this, don't you think, can you imagine in 2015 when you get to the end, if you've spent just minutes with God every day, every day for a year, your life is going to change. You're gonna be different at the end of 2015, having been in the presence of God. So let's do this together. The second thing we're gonna need, let's go through this quickly, you're gonna need love. You know, really, that's at the root of everything. That's what We're trying to fill those cravings in our life. It's really a, a need for love. So, so you, want, you want worry and stress to go down? You need love. You want to quit drinking? You need love. You want to stop smoking, some other self-defeating habit? You want to get out of pornography? What you really need in your life is love. And that's what we need to focus on. How do I, how do I get love into my life? Life in this short period of time? What can I actually do about it? Let me read read you this verse. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. This is how we're supposed to be. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Friends, stop judging everybody. Stop criticizing what somebody's bad habit is. Love covers over that. Let's just spend 21 days... Really making this the guilt free, no shame zone where we where love covers over, we accept people just as they are, and we decide that we're going to give love and we're going to receive love like never before as a church family together. That is so important, that's what you really deeply need. And, and you know, 2015 needs to be the year of getting your relationships right. Your life is too valuable there's too much at stake, you know, unforgiveness is too small of a thing to keep you from God's destiny for you. Don't say one of these days, you know, I'm going to reconcile or one of these years I'm going to, you know, humble myself and get things right. I mean, now's the time to do that. How does that work? Well, you don't go around trying to fix everything that'll just make your relationships work. You start by focusing on getting some healthy relationships in your life and investing in those. If you're in a lead group, now is the time to reactivate that lead group and really commit to one another. If you're not in a lead group, now's the time to get into a lead group. And you say, what's a lead group? Well, our church is made up of groups. There's 120 plus groups all over the city, probably one in your neighborhood, And there's, you know, 60% of our congregation or more, maybe 65, are actually already in groups. And this is where transformation happens. This is, this is where you receive love and care and you give love and care to one another and you begin to grow spiritually. And now's the time to do that. I'm not satisfied that there's 60% of us in those groups. I mean, until 100% of you are receiving love from one another and care, and you're sowing that into other people's lives, we're not there yet, and now is the time. I'm gonna begin a brand new series in February called Jesus Is, and it's gonna be awesome. The group, we're gonna study this as a, in our groups together, and if you're not in a group now, you need to get in one. And if your group is really big, then we need you to step out and maybe host and to be a leader now, because there's way more demand for groups than there are groups to help people get in. So now's the time to step up and to love people well. The last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on self-discipline. And this is a great paradox because again, if you could make yourself be self-disciplined, you'd already have done it. But the scripture says that God is going to give you power, he'll give you love, and he'll give you um, self-discipline. So the secret is not trying to change yourself, but to do what God has called you to do. Like if you'll just, do the things that God, the next thing God's called you to do, and trust Him to take care of your character. He will give you the self discipline. But you've got to do the things that He's asked. you've got to fulfill the calling that He has for your life. And I can tell you at the base level what that calling is you've been gifted to serve others. The problem with self discipline is self gratification. We want to get what we want for ourselves. So to, to defeat self gratification, stop making life just about you and say, I'm going to, this is gonna be the year where I get serious about using my giftedness to serve somebody else, and if you'll do that, God will deposit the self-discipline that you need. I read in the one-year Bible today, when Jesus called those first disciples, he did not say, come with me, and, I'm, and now we'll start working on your character defects. He doesn't say that. Come with me, and let me make you, you know, not a sinner. No, he says, come with me, get into a relationship with me and get on mission with me. I'll make you, I'll make you a fisher of men like me. What does that mean? I don't know, but come with me and I'll, you do the things that I'm doing and you won't even recognize yourself a few years from now. That's exactly how God does it. If you'll do what God is calling you to do, which is serve others, he will give you over time the self-discipline that you so desperately are looking for. But you've got to do what he's asked you to do. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4. This is what we're going to focus on. Each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So if one of you speaks, you should do it as, one, as, as speaking the very words of God, like he's speaking through you. you. say, oh, that's not me. Well, okay. But however you serve, you should do it with the strength that God provides So that in all things, God will be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. 2015 is the time for you to develop, listen, the keystone habit of serving others in your life. And if you do this in your area of giftedness, 2015 is going to be a very successful year for you. We're going to focus on power. We're gonna focus on love and we're gonna focus on serving others in our area of giftedness and getting into that. Listen, 80%, I read this recently, 80% of Christians who go to church don't know what what they're gifted to do. They don't know their spiritual gift and it shouldn't be that way. That's a sad thing. So just take the next step. How do I discover it? Well, take the next step on your spiritual journey. Just wherever you are, Let's turn this intention of spiritual growth into action. Do you remember the continuum that I showed you just last month? Where are you today? Do you have questions? Well, start seeking out answers. It's okay to have questions, but but start figuring out, how am I going to get the answers that I need? Are you ready? Get baptized today. Like today, I'm giving my life to Christ. We've got everything that you need. It's 2015. Start the year off and make today the day. If you say, I need to grow, well, then join the church. Have you ever, have you ever realized that, that, that 1 Corinthians 12 says that you're, part of a, you're supposed to be part of a body and that each person has, is going to have a function and a fit? Well, if, if you don't have a church family, you're just a spiritual orphan. You've got to be in a church family to grow. So if you're, if you're ready to grow, come to Heartland 101 uh, this month, uh, two Sundays evenings or afternoons from now, and join the church family. I'd love to have you in our church family. And I know the pastor. He's a good guy. You'll love it. You should, I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. And, and, you know, every Christian, whether it's this church or not, you need to belong, and we'll help you get connected into a lead group. If you've already done that and you want to grow spiritually, have you taken our class 201, the class on discovering the habits of spiritual maturity? At some point, you want to develop those habits. Sign up for that class on the same night. Or if you want to discover your spiritual giftedness, sign up for the 301 class, because we'll help you go through some profiles and some tests and help you figure out where you would actually enjoy serving, which will lead you to discover the area of your spiritual giftedness. Wherever you are on the journey, the point is now is the time, okay? In the last three minutes that we have, let me just wrap it up like this. We're gonna have to turn our intentions into actions. Number two, we're gonna have to give, starting now, I'm gonna give my whole heart to God. My whole heart. This is the problem, because for many of us, we've just got a, we've just given a little bit of ourselves. We've just, we're just having that temporary spiritual experience once in a while. Here in the Midwest, in the Bible Belt, here's the problem: a bunch of us just have just enough of God, like like an inoculation for the flu. You ever had, did you ever have a flu shot this year? You know what that is? The flu shot is a weakened down version of the real thing with no power but to inoculate you in case the real thing should come along. And the problem is there's people in churches all over the Midwest, all over the Bible Belt here, and we have just enough of God to inoculate us. The Bible calls it a form of godliness but none of its power. And aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of just having the motions or the, the, you know, the desire for something, but you just never have actually given your whole life to Christ? You've never let him really change you from the inside out? You keep struggling with the same stuff? You just keep waiting for, you know, someday, when, then, I'll do it? You've, you got regrets? I mean, when are you going to, when are you going to be ready? How long will you put up with the mess and say, God, here it is? When will you give him your whole your whole heart. So I'll close it like this. I don't know how they messed up this Exodus movie, but they totally screwed it up. I don't even know how you could mess up that story. Isn't that terrible? That's one of the greatest stories in the Bible. I mean, one of the best parts of this, of that story of God rescuing his people out of slavery was that God sent supernatural help to basically, uh, we're going to send some plagues to Pharaoh and his people to let my people go. So Pharaoh is resistant. He's hard. He does not break until the fifth plague. Do you guys remember this? The fifth plague is where Pharaoh starts to break. And the fifth plague uh, was frogs, which is weird, right? But think about that. Millions and millions of squishy, slimy frogs everywhere. There's frogs. You're stepping on them. They're squishing. uh, They're in your clothing. They're in your bed. They're in your food. There's frogs everywhere, and this is what causes Pharaoh to break, and he finally says, enough, and he calls Moses back, and he says, Moses, pray to your God to take away these frogs, and Moses says this. All right, I'll pray, but you set the time when you want them to be gone. Do you know what Pharaoh says? Pharaoh says, well, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Now there was a famous preacher named Adrian Rogers who preached a very famous sermon years ago and it was called, One More Night with the Frogs. And the whole point of the sermon was like, really? <laughs> you wanna spend, you, you, you'll put up with one more night with the frogs? And that's what I wanna ask you. I mean, aren't you tired? I mean, your life is too valuable for one more day with the frogs, one more day of just, well, I'm just going to go through and, you know, with all of the problems and the mess and the discouragements, giving a little piece of your life to God instead of letting him take over your whole heart and transform you and change you from the inside out. I'm telling you, now is the time. And one of the reasons we don't give our whole life to God is some of us think that God won't accept us that we're too far gone, that we've made too many mistakes. Like, I can't come and ask God to forgive me a thousand times. Some of you have started 2015 already in defeat. You're already discouraged because you haven't even kept your own standards in the new year, secret sin, whatever it is that's going on in your life. And you're just sure that God is not going to accept you. Listen, young person, teenager, mom and dad, everybody, I am more convinced than ever that he is the God of the second chance. He knows everything about you. He knows why you do what you do. Have you ever thought about that? He knows what's broken. He knows what the need is you're really trying to fill. He knows the hurts and the mistakes, and he knows the habits that have been built up, and he understands you better than you understand yourself. If you would just come to him... You know, one of the great things about our God is His mercies endure forever, and they are new every morning. And the scripture says if we would just confess our sins, you know, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from every wrong. Micah would say, who is a God like our God who doesn't even look at our sin and our iniquity, but He gives mercy to us? He is a merciful God, friends, and all He's looking for you is to say, I'm ready to start, I'm ready to own it. I need power that I don't have. There's gotta be a power greater than me. I know that it's love that I really need. God, give me some self-discipline. Man, if you'll take this journey with me over the next 21 days, God is gonna do something great in your life. He's gonna break some habits, you're gonna start some new ones, and he's gonna take you farther this year in 2015 than you could ever imagine. Start now. Do you receive this today? This is what we're gonna do. All right. Come on, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Listen, just listen to these words from the Lord. Now is, it is high time to wake up out of your sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Friends, it's closer. Yeah, you may have fallen in 2014 or yesterday, but you're closer now than you've ever been. You're nearer now to your salvation. Yeah, you you fell down, but you don't have to start over. Stand up and keep walking and start walking with God. Give Him your whole heart right now. If that's you, let me lead you in a prayer. God, I, I come to you humbly in desperate need of you. I need your power in my life because I truly am a mess. I can't change myself. Come into my heart, forgive me, cleanse me, make me a new person, give me a fresh start, a new beginning. Today, I make Jesus the Lord of my life, the boss, the one in charge. Say, if that's you, say, yes, God, that's me. I wanna start 2015 putting you first, God, and I'll, I'll follow you, and I'm asking you to change me. Yes, God, that's me. Now, Father, I pray for all of us together. I pray that you'd put a zeal, a desire, a conviction, a desperation in us, to put you first, God, that we're going to seek your power. We're going to come and spend time with you every day. We're going to get ready for these 21 days, God. We're going to seek you. We're going to love one another like never before. We're going to serve you and let you build self-discipline into our lives. May this be the greatest year of our lives. May this 21 days be a catalyst for incredible change in all of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. And amen.